0: much better when we're able to have two podcasts in one week it just feels right and it makes it even better when we're able to share it with our regular guests Tomes and Murph. Ian are you ready for a big podcast because I am I'm excited.
1: I'm always ready to go let's do it.
0: So we normally talk football Tomes Murph welcome thanks for coming on. Thanks for what having up, us. Guys? But we normally talk football but I have a couple of quick topics that I want to throw around the room here and there has been some not concrete or in stone news but something regarding the National Hockey League that I did want to bring to everyone's attention it does seem like the all canadian division is going to be a thing there's going to be four divisions in the NHL for for what concerns this podcast there's going to be seven teams in uh, in the canadian division obviously it's edmonton montreal calgary winnipeg ottawa toronto And I think I'm missing one, which I believe was Calgary if I didn't say it already. But anyways, all the Canadians, Vancouver, sorry, Vancouver, they are going to be in one division. The other division that is noteworthy for this podcast is the Anaheim Mighty Ducks division for our friend Connor Murphy, which is going to be Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, LA, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. So, Tomes, let's start with you here first. What are your feelings on the All Canadian Division, given the fact that you cheer for the Canadians, and my brother and I
2: cheer for our beloved Maple Leafs? I think one thing right off the bat, and just to touch on that, especially for Habs and Leaf fans and, and fans of that 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 older Atlantic uh, Conference or division, we're going to get to see more games against each other, and hopefully, we'll see the reemergence of of old rivalries coming back again. Right between the the Toronto and Montreal, between Toronto and Ottawa, right, and I, I'm I'm excited for it. And I think one thing off the bat too is, I mean, the Canadian division is going to have one less team, technically, than the other three divisions, making it, I mean, mathematically maybe easier for a team to get in there. But but one thing that that struck me uh, right off the bat for this division is going to be travel. Now, all teams in this in this division are going to have to deal with it. But a team like Vancouver, who's going to be the most westerly team, if I'm not mistaken, That's right? Perfect. Especially yep. in that division, they're going to be hit the hardest. So I'm I'm trying to think like how is that going to affect teams? Are, are we going to start seeing maybe two or three game homestands from teams with the new alignment? Uh, I'm not too sure, but I'll tell you one thing: I I'm, I am absolutely ecstatic. I love it. I'm very excited for this division.
0: So you have to think it's going to be extended trips within geographical regions for Vancouver. So they'll probably play Toronto, then Ottawa, then Montreal. Maybe a doubleheader in Montreal, back to Ottawa, back to Toronto and then six games at home. But Ian, what excites me the most is the potential playoff ramifications because it's not going to be Eastern Conference, Western Conference 1 through 8 or the traditional divisional rivalries like we saw with wild cards, Ian. It's going to be just the top 4 teams in each division get in. One plays four, two plays three. What are your thoughts on something like that?
1: I never liked the wild card system. I feel like for teams that played in difficult divisions, it punished them for playing in difficult divisions. And I'm saying that as a Leaf fan, because no matter how well we did, we always were playing Boston no matter what. So let me get this straight. In this format, are we going to avoid something like that? Well, we'd only play in the Canadian division
0: for the first two rounds so you would play for example let's say and connor and then we're going to get to you let's say and cuz i want your guys thoughts on this let's say that edmonton wins the canadian division toronto finishes second uh, the canadians finish third and calgary finishes fourth you would have a first round playoff matchup of edmonton calgary and toronto montreal what do you think
1: of something like that cuz i fucking love it i love it yeah <laughs> i love the rivalry standpoint for sure i think you know i think your tv ratings in those instances is going to be really good particularly because the canadian markets are always going to tune in now what i do wonder is is it going to cannibalize the american markets at all you know with the fact that you don't see you know you're not going to see toronto play new york let's say in those first two rounds or toronto play you know even a lower level eastern conference team even carolina you know when when carolina would play a canadian team they would get a boost in terms of viewership so you know, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. I think from the standpoint of, from the standpoint of what the product's going to look like, you can never complain with all Canadian matchups at any time.
0: Connor, given your division, what are your thoughts on your Ducks this coming season as we potentially have a date, January 13th?
3: Uh, I'm going to be honest with how terrible the last couple seasons were when I found out in March that uh, I could kind of just shut off my hockey brain for – a really long time until the draft. It was kind of refreshing and it's almost made me a little more excited for this year because I feel like I haven't had to like watch a dumpster fire and then three, you know, what a month later, turn around and watch the draft and then two months later, turn around and watch the team again. In that sense, it's been refreshing. It's going to be weird. Like on one hand, it's funny because everyone's kind of roasting. I wouldn't say roasting St. Louis, but talking about how funny it is having St. Louis in you know the West or the pseudo Pacific for this year or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah um but travel wise i don't think that's gonna affect you know the ducks the kings the sharks too too much because we've been having to deal with going out what you know going out east to play teams like chicago with them being in the western conference for as long as they
0: were so any any chance of them making the playoffs
3: no probably not i mean they're (laughs) it it is what it is like we'll be just good enough to like maybe flirt with getting in but we're not i'd the defense should be a little bit better. I think Gibson's going to steal some games unless the young guys like provide like take an insane jump and we see some really good depth out of them. It's no shot is what it is though. Yeah. And
1: I think the next thing for Anaheim too, is clearing up that cap sheet somehow. Yeah. You know, I the... think that the Silverberg signing is rough. Um, I think, you know, gets is still a really good player. It's going to be interesting to see how that one ages. Um, but they, I think they even got, uh, you know, they, they got some interesting dudes on there. Henrique is on there. So, you know, the, the problem with Anaheim is they have like all those guys in the five, $6 million range and those guys just kill you, you know, ask the Leafs, you know, yeah. when you have guys that are making three four five million, those stack on top of each other and they cannibalize the hell out of your cap. You're better having all the dudes up top making money and, you know, piecing it together with lower tier guys, than pay guys who don't deserve it. The 5 million. Ideally, yeah, the, ideally the top
0: players play different positions on the ice, though. the Toronto's kind of finding that out right now. Connor, yeah, sorry, I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't mean Toronto no, specifically. Right,
1: right. I don't mean Toronto specifically. I think, you know, obviously when you're talking about those contracts, you you know, the, the great value ones you're talking about, the, one, the guys in Boston, Bergeron, Pasternak, even Marshawn, all those guys are at, you know, really reasonable numbers, you know, and those are the things that save you. The ones that kill you are the ones that are at four, five, six million that aren't good those are the ones that kill your cat. And I think that's what Anaheim's going through now. Cause they got Gibson on a killer deal.
3: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how a guy like Adam Henry plays this year, you know, hopefully he's healthy throughout the whole year, but even then, you know, having him for four more years at five, eight isn't exactly great. Um, This being the last year of Getzlav under contract with us is pretty interesting. Um, As much as I'd love to see him stay as stay at duck and retire as one, I'd, you know, it, it almost makes sense for us to send them off to a contender, right? Come the deadline. So, well, I, I think they're just going to try to tread water this season and hopefully hit on a few draft picks. But there isn't a whole lot to expect from us. You,
0: ha- you have a goalie, though. That is one yeah, thing. You have a totally. really, really good goalie. Tom's. before we move on to the next topic here quickly, where do you see Montreal? We're going to do a larger NHL podcast, obviously, as we get closer to the season. But where do you see Montreal right now, if this were to start, where would you pick Montreal to finish in the Canadian division?
2: I'd probably pen them in fe- battling with, I'd say maybe Calgary or Vancouver for that fourth spot. I mean, put 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 either Edmonton or Toronto in that one A one B, and so you can call it that one and two. Um, I, I don't really see Ottawa quite there yet. Obviously, you know, good signings and 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 good drafting, but they're still well on their way to, to getting somewhere. I think Winnipeg's in trouble, obviously, with their, their hard-pressed up against the cap, and especially with some of these rumors about them trying to move liney. And I know this was a while back, but um, I, I definitely see them as a team that can maybe be a bubble team and kind of feed off of the energy that they had last year in the play-in and that first round against uh, Philly. And then certainly with some of the additions that they made this year with Uh, You know, with Toffoli, with um, Edmondson, and even adding uh, some help on the back end, or sorry, in net now, uh, to give maybe Price a little bit of a rest as well with with Jake Allen. I mean, this is a team that's playing just over $13 million of their cap to goaltending. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, they are. And 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 I'm really, really, really excited, though, to see a kid like Alex Romanov finally come up and and see if he can possibly get in there as that maybe third pair defenseman, at least to start. Um, they're an interesting team, right? I, I, one of the biggest things, though, that's, that's really stood out to me, Tampa, number one, playing in that pseudo kind of mix of, of East and West conference teams. I mean, that's a team that can really run the table in that division and finish first. And the other one being Boston playing in that kind of makeshift Metro division, instead of having to play the, you know, the Toronto's and, and right. the campus this year, you're up against Pittsburgh. You're up against Washington, and although Pittsburgh's kind of an iffy team right now, but you're up against a tough Washington team. Philly looked real good last year as well, too. New York uh, Rangers are going to be interesting to see what, what, what they can put together on the ice. Boston's going to be in tough this year.
0: I agree with you on the rankings. I have a feeling that my younger brother does not though cuz I think he's more bullish on your team than even you are Ian am I right?
1: Yeah, I think this I think Montreal is built for the playoffs. I think for for Montreal you got to find a way to ma- just make it to the postseason whenever that's going to be, make it to the postseason and then with now finally you have some dudes who can score on the wings, you got some size on the wings. Um you even got some some even more size and grit on the blue line. You know, yeah, I mean, is, is it ideal to be paying that much money to two goalies? No, but in a condensed season, you know, the, the main thing is keeping Carey Price fresh. And lately in the playoffs, Carey Price has not been fresh. One way to keep him fresh, bring in a high quality backup that can gobble up minutes and and look like and gobble up games and hopefully gobble up wins. I think Montreal has been looking for a high quality backup for as long as I can remember. And now they finally have one. So give Price the rest. Let that dude cook in the playoffs. And i like a bounce back for Montreal to get in the playoffs for real this time. Not bubble playoffs. Get in there for real. I like them in the playoffs.
2: Say the season ends up being 50 games. Okay, I'm going to take the lower end here.
0: Yeah, I think that's where they're going to end up. Is is a
2: 35-15 split reasonable for that team in terms of Price to Allen, I mean?
0: Oh, goalies? Oh, I I think so. I think you could. Right. Can you you imagine Carey Price
2: only having to play 30, 35 games? Right. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting approach. It's definitely a risk. It could pay off. It could backfire. Right. We'll see.
0: We're really, I'm really excited about the upcoming hockey season. And we haven't had had a chance to talk a lot of hockey. As you guys know, I'm like die hardly fan want to paint this room blue the whole, the whole nine yards. But Again, basketball is coming soon. We got two basketball podcasts most likely next week. But before we get to the professional football, Connor, I wanted to ask you, what the hell is going on in in college football? You watch more college football than probably all of us combined. What's going on? Are they going to finish? Like, uh, do they even play games anymore? Like, what is going on in college football? Yeah, they'll finish. I mean, they're getting to a point
3: now where you're looking at, you know, conference championship games, right? And thank God the Big Ten pulled their heads out of their asses and did away with that game minimum because if they didn't, there was a path for Penn State to play in the Big Ten championship. So that would have been interesting to see um but yeah no it's honestly I think it's going to be chaos and I think we have a chance to see some chaos if I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Florida to beat Alabama I really don't I think if the game ends up a shootout that Florida could it could come down to whoever has the ball last and if that happens it'll be interesting right because Texas A&M beat Florida you know and Alabama pumped 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 a and I think it was like 52 to 24 or something like that so you've got three teams that have all basically beat each other and you know what do you do at that point with the SEC? You're not going to leave an SEC team out. But I also don't know that you can put two in with how Notre Dame or Clemson are going to get in, Ohio State getting in. You know, you still have undefeated, you know, group of five teams as well. I, I think we're going to end up seeing chaos the next couple of weeks.
0: Well, we're praying for them to finish. We're praying for all the kids to, to stay fit and healthy because it's a lot. Toms, we were going to get to the Eagles, but I want to let you sit there and sweat a little bit. Cause we are picking the Eagles this week. So oh, I'm do you sure want to get to the Eagles. Well, because it's hurts. I want no part of that mess. Hurt season, baby. But we are going to get there. And speaking of picks, we're here, boys. Very quickly, we got through a few uh, nice little, little topics, but we are going to move on to our picks. And first on the docket this week is the Kansas City Chiefs visiting those Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are plus seven at home. The over under is
2: 49
0: and a half tomes. Who do you have here?
2: an interesting matchup here. I mean, I, I've been really watching this Dolphins team lately. They've they've shown signs of brilliance and then at times kind of a little bit of head scratching. I mean, give all credit to to Brian Flores and what he's been able to do with this team over the past couple of seasons. And he's also part of a, that Patriots staff that's one of the only ones to kind of slow down patrick mahomes if you want to call that call it that at the uh, uh, you know better than than most teams have so it'd be interesting to see how they game plan for this uh miami's defense i mean is certainly built to to somewhat disrupt him and and keep you know keep the chiefs at least out of the end zone or sorry right of the red zone Um, what was that
0: did you, that Zavian Howard, Tyler Boyd thing last week was embarrassing. Have, have you ever seen
2: a guy get kicked out? All of I know is that my guy, somewhere? Tyler
1: Boyd, was giving Xavier Howard that work. That's what yeah. I know. You know it's what? Funny. People are starting were... to
2: pick on Xavier now because I told you, I picked him last week as being the cornerback to cover those guys. And he's definitely a guy that's, I'm that's telling you. at least gathered some sort of respect in terms of the conversation, because obviously you, you only get those many picks if you get opportunities and you only get opportunities if guys think you're trash right like guy, well, and look, guy.
1: we got to start giving Tyler Boyd his due oh 100% All right I completely agree Tyler Boyd you. is legit now a T Higgins is the number one there that, that is without question and I know no, without we've jumped to Cincinnati yeah a T Higgins is the number one there he garners the number one the the attention of a number one just based on off his size combo like that dude I is never a beast. thought I'd
0: hear you say that
1: Either that dude is a beast. Because we a know we,
0: we know you have Tyler Boyd on your Dynasty football tell- team. So you yeah, you, but- you always <laughs> give a little bit of a boost to guys on your fin- fantasy uh, Dynasty team. Honestly, which is I try
1: not to mention them. I try not to mention them. It just I honestly do. But Tyler Boyd, I can't help it. I can't help it. He was given Xavier Howard that work. So Tom's, who do you have then?
2: So I, I think at the end of the day here, I I'm gonna take the Dolphins and Ooh. I'm gonna take the under in this game. Yeah. Wow. Let hey, me go. Go ahead. Ian. I'm
1: heated about this. <laughs> I love this Dolphins team. Okay. And Brian Flores has done an, an, an just an unbelievable job. Like honestly has, you know, I think before last week, it was probably between him, Tomlin and McDermott for coach of the year. Right. Am I missing anyone? Look, I, what he, the job he's done there is just unbelievable. And we're seeing a team blossom. Now, what we're going to find out is we're going to find out a lot about two on, on Sunday because if Tua is at least semi-real right now, he's going to need to keep up with Mahomes. And against the Kansas City defense, if you are a competent quarterback, you can score against this defense. So we're going to find out real fast at what stage in Tua's development he's at. The Dolphins are 9-3 against the spread this season. As a home dog, it's normally one you kind of like to take. With that said, Chiefs are coming off kind of a stinker against Denver last week. And look, you, you got to be real. With Pittsburgh losing, Mahomes' eyes had to light up knowing that that number one seed is in his sights. After last week's rough game, particularly against the run, I really like a bounce back here from the Chiefs, and I got them covering this one and the over.
3: Do you agree, Connor? Who's 2 going to throw to? You don't like Devontae? Yeah, I mean, he's well, going to – grab. who's covering gonna, him? Yeah, that's the thing. Like Matthew's going to probably end up being all over in most of the game. I've got a feeling they'll move him to the slot or they'll bounce him outside or they'll pretty much put him wherever their number one weapon is, and then it's going to be good luck to Tua. Like, this game this game's going to be sickie. one of those ones where – right, I'm going yeah. to have to hear from Tua fans and Dolphins fans about how great he was because he threw for two touchdowns and over 300 yards, but they don't account for the fact that it came in – the last quarter and a half when they were down a bunch and they were trying to come back. So i uh, like Ian said, I, I think the chiefs eyes kind of lit up when the Steelers lost.
0: I think they're going to remind the league who the top dog is. Why is this chiefs defense so bad?
1: I, I, I say I, they, I, I, they haven't addressed it. I like the, sum of their parts though.
0: You know, it's not, you know, I like Frank Clark. I I like Jones. I'd like it's is it sneed the sneed, the cornerback, I like him, I like Tyron Matthew. I know, but collectively, and they can't stop the freaking run. I don't get it. I just i I don't know. Like, and they make really really mediocre offenses look above average. like they can really move the ball on them. And this is a mediocre offense with Miami. like there are tenth and pass but they're 10th in pass offense because Ryan Fitzpatrick was throwing the ball like Fitzgod for the first six weeks of the season. Like I just, to me, this is the thing. Miami covers a lot. Ian, you said nine and three on the season. They're seven and one in their last eight and the chiefs are six and six against the spread this year, but they're one in five in their last five. If Tyreek Hill does not play, this is a lock on Miami. The worst game that Patrick Mahomes has ever had in a Chiefs jersey came last year against Indianapolis when Tyreek Hill did not play. Now, it's an illness. He should be able to, to bounce back, but the, apparently the same type of illness
1: kept out Clyde Edwards-Alaire a week ago. Ian, sorry. I you have a question me. for you. Yeah. Who in God's name is covering Travis Kelsey? Oh, I can't answer that question because I don't think anyone can cover him. No. They, well, no for, that's right. It, your best bet is like Fred Warner or like a cover safety, but I he may go for 200 yards. I just don't know who covers him, right? It's not going to be any of those linebackers like Van Noy or Landon Roberts. He's cooking those dudes. And I'm just not sure anyone in that, I mean, are they going to move Byron Jones down? He's going to eat that dude. So I don't know. I mean, you have to think that Howard, if Hill plays, Howard is going to cover Hill. Right. But it's not like, Yes. Tyreek pops the lid off the offense because it opens up everything for Kelsey in the middle. And if he's not playing, obviously you don't have that, but McColey Hardman I was just is not Tyreek Hill, but he's good enough. Like he he's can pop the lid off the enough. Right. So either
0: I, way, either way the chiefs are one in five in their last six against the spread, which means they were six and one earlier this season. I like them to get back on track against the Dolphins. There's a 0% chance. I am taking Tua Loa over Patrick Mahomes oh, at any, in, in, any, in any case right now. Go ahead, Tua. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. The Vikings are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are giving six and a half points at home. The over-under is 51 and a half. Connor, what do you like? Are you taking Kirk? Are you going to take Tampa? Nah, I'm taking Kirk. I mean, we've seen the
3: Bucks struggle enough with teams that get the ball out quick, right? I mean, there's two really good guys on the outside. They've got – Dalvin can catch passes. I mean, that seems to be the recipe to beat this Buccaneers team, and I think – you know,
1: I I really think
3: that the Bucks are going to struggle to stop him.
1: My one concern with Dalvin is that he just hasn't looked right recently. And look, like – I think if Madison was healthy last week, they just would have sat Cook down and been like, hey, you need a you need a, a week yeah, to sort of get right. Good point. And, yeah. you know, we still don't know if Madison's going to be back. So it means that they're going to have to ride Cook and, you know, ride him into the ground. And, you know, I don't love that as someone who loves watching Dalvin Cook, you know. So it's going to be interesting. I think his state is going to be the key to this. And look, like, this is a really good opportunity for Tom Brady to bounce back. You know, this Minnesota defense is balls. and. Brady's coming off a bye, you know, everyone's talking smack about the Bucs. With that said, I mean, Kirk Cousins is balling right now, balling. And I, I just love to see if he's, like Connor says, the blitz heavy Bucks. can he get that ball out? He certainly has the weapons to do so. You know, I, I'm not sure that that young secondary can hang with Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. And nope. by the way, while we're on this subject, the offensive rookie of the year is over. It is over. If if your answer is anyone but Justin Jefferson, please start watching Minnesota play, and he's going to change your mind in a half.
0: I think Herbert really
1: had a case
0: until last week. I, I agree. think that I think
1: that iced it. Like, yeah. but now it's not even close.
0: Right now, basically, unless Herbert runs the table with with another stretch like he did before, it, to your point, I agree with you one hundred percent. He can't he can't be in the conversation after after last week. And Jefferson has been marvelous.
1: Oh my god, he's been unbelievable. Now I'm not sure this one to me. This one and another one that we're going to talk to were were easily the hardest of the ones that we've talked about. So I'm not ready to make a pick yet. I want to hear what Tomes and Sean have to say before I jump in with my pick. Tomes, before you jump in, I want to ask
0: a question because I thought the Vikings defense was balls as well, just from the eye test.
1: They're ninth. What am I missing, Ian? Well, I, I just don't. I think they're young corners you know, like Jeff Gladney, the first round pick, you know, I think he is a, he's in the Malcolm Butler mold, good tackler. I like him as a blitzer in coverage. I don't know, but look, I mean, it's just really hard for me to get on board with the Buccaneers offense until I see Brady actually start to use his weapons. Because what happens every week is that every week he picks one, he picks one guy and peppers that dude and then forgets about the other two or other three. So then
0: to me, you know, I hate picking Tampa. I hate not I, for or against them because the, on paper, they should be like a lock every week to beat a team like Minnesota, like ball wash them with that defense and those offensive weapons and what their DVOA screams at you every single week. When you look this stuff up, it should be a lock, but it's proven that it isn't like who have they really beaten by a lot? Carolina yeah, and yet Carolina hung around in that game a lot longer than people remember. Like, they, they played them tough for, like, for almost three quarters. It fell apart at the end. It's an early window, so Brady should at least be awake. You know, it's not midday nap time yet for Tom. But six and a half with an inconsistent team, it just feels like a lot to me. Like, I know the trends really side with the Bucs. The Bucs are six and one against the spread in their last seven against Minnesota. Am I taking Kirk Cousins over Tom Brady? Do it. You like that? Let's fucking go, Kirk. Let's oh, go. I'm taking, the Vi- I'm taking the Vikings, Tom's.
2: I, I, yeah, I mean, you guys nailed all the points on that. I don't. I don't have much more to add. I think just touching off one thing Ian said as well too. I think the Vikings. I mean, one of their biggest you know, opportunities is going to be trying to rush and run the ball and pound it all day. I, I I don't see it happening. I don't not not against not against that Tampa defense, and and there's no question that. I think as well, the, the rookie of the year this year is, is Jefferson. It's not even close. I I don't think so. Right. There goes another player the Eagles could add. Um, With (laughs) (laughs) with that being (laughs) said,
0: honestly, he's the best rookie wide receiver I've ever seen Yeah, because we weren't around for Moss.
2: Yeah. That's that's Mm -hmm. the thing. No, but just, just to keep it short and sweet. I, I, I am going to take the bucks this week. I'm going to take the over actually as well in this game.
1: So he's got the
0: bucks, huh? Yeah, I think Ian was hoping you took the Vikings, then he would be the guy on the box. That's
1: what I, I think. I know my brother. No, you know what it is. Honestly, I'm nervous about taking two six and a half plus point favorites in the first two picks. Like that's a lot of points. And the thing about Minnesota is that Minnesota can score and they, they're they always in play because of the big playability of, of Jefferson. That backdoor cover is always in play. You know, I think if Dalvin was really healthy and we could tell he was cooking like he was no pun intended, but intended, if he was cooking like earlier in the season, this would be a slam dunk for the Vikings. I'm just not sure where he is status-wise, but you know what? I really like this Vikings team. They're still in the playoff hunt. I like a bounce back here. Let's go with Minnesota. Come on. Falcons versus Chargers. The Chargers are getting
0: two and a half at home. 49 and a half is the over under. I'm really excited for this game. Like I actively want this to be, if I'm going to put Red Zone on an iPad or something, I want this on my TV. Like that's kind of how I feel about it. And I shouldn't because they are two teams not going to the playoffs. But to me, this is like the Spider-Man meme, right? Them both pointing at each other. Like, are you me? Am I you? Like this, is, Falcons are the Chargers of the East and the Chargers of the Falcons of the West. Like that's just really how I feel about them. But I'm I'm also really mad at both of them. Because the Falcons had every freaking opportunity last week to cover that game and to win that game outright, like we said that, like I said that they were going to last week. And then the Chargers lost me a chance at the fantasy playoffs. All I had to do was win and get in. I had Herbert and Keenan Allen, and they both shit the bet. Didn't help that Corey Davis put up 35 points in my pool, but hey, you know what? Is what it is. Who do I hate the least here? I think I hate the Chargers less. Even though they're 0-6 against the spread in their last six, fuck it. Give me the Chargers and give me the under as a lock.
1: Ian, you said this was the easiest one to pick. What do you got? It's the easiest one. Atlanta flying cross-country to play a team who got destroyed last week versus a questionable New England team. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know they're a young team, but football teams have the tendency to bounce back, particularly ones with good football players on them. This is not the Jets. You know that this, the Chargers can flat out score, and the Falcons' pass defense is the wor- one of the worst pass defense I've ever seen, which I don't quite understand because they've invested so much in the secondary. Um, but Herbert, Allen, Henry—I like a bounce back from all those guys—and look for Joey Bosa to make his mark early in this one. I think he's going to make Matt Ryan his son real fast in this one. This is Chargers, and it is a mortal lock. Ian, when I remind you that Anthony Lynn is the coach of the
0: Chargers, does it make you any less wary to say that the Chargers have the ability to bounce back as a professional
1: football team? No, I think Anthony Lynn's a good, good enough coach. Oh, I you, think you where, almost said it. You almost I think, said good coach. I think <laughs> where he str- I think, I think that where Lynn struggles is with the intangibles that make you a good head coach and the intangibles that make you a good head coach is Things like clock management, things like, you know, knowing when, you know, knowing situational football, knowing when to go for it, when not to go for it, when to go for two, when not to go for two. It feels like he really struggles with the feel, but you can't, you know, you can't fault him on the X's and O's part because for a large part, the, the team is prepared. It's just at the end, it just falls off a cliff. So look, Lin's fired at the end of the year, anyways. It doesn't matter. But I still like the Chargers here. I, 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 when are we going to stop? Trusting the Falcons. Although Raheem Morris does have them playing pretty well. Colms, jump in here. That's
2: what I want. I mean, the Falcons have definitely been playing better defense under Raheem Morris. For
1: sure. I mean, there's no
2: question about that, right? And they've won four out of five games against teams not named New Orleans, which is fantastic. But you're right. I mean, I feel like we did this last week. Like, we fall into this Atlanta trap when they kind of give you a little bit. And look, we're back. We're back. But we're not back because we still suck. But, like... I don't know, man. I I think Anthony Lynn has the same intangibles that got Dan Quinn fired. And I think like like Justin Herbert last week was we showed us like he is he's mortal or he was just another another victim to the Bill Check effect. Right? Like like it's hard to tell off that, but I, I think at the end of the day, if if Atlanta goes into LA, spanks them, and like LA does not play well, I think that could be. Anthony Lynn's last game. I think regardless at the end of the season, he's gone. This could be potentially Anthony Lynn's last game. I'm taking the Falcons. I'm taking the over in this game.
1: One thing, on the flip side, if Atlanta, sorry, Connor, if Atlanta goes in there traveling coast to coast and smacks the Chargers on the road, then that job should be Raheem Morris's. I 100% agree. clearly something. I
2: absolutely agree with you.
0: Connor, are you going to side with a coach that takes a timeout on the opponent's 40-yard line just to punt or are you going to take the Falcons i will
3: say i'm really happy that herbert had that terrible game last week and he didn't have it in like his second start because i think the narrative surrounding him up to this point would have been wouldn't say completely different but he would have had a more of an uphill climb with the fans at least right like a lot of people were worried that he couldn't throw that you know 15 to 20-yard pass and he i mean he he looked like a rookie finally he finally looked like a rookie um it's tough because as much as i uh, i want to take the falcons but they're that shitty friend that keeps saying like oh just let me borrow five bucks i will get you next time oh just let me borrow five i'll get you next time right. every time they start to bounce back a little
1: bit every time every You're time like that boyfriend or girlfriend that constantly cheats on you and they're like and then you trust them and you bring them back Aren't the Chargers like that too?
0: Aren't the Chargers like that too? Though, (laughs) like like, for years, I felt like they've been like this. But anyway, sorry, Connor, go ahead, buddy.
3: I, I'm taking the Chargers. I I don't (laughs) want to think about this anymore because now I'm just getting pissed off at people that come to you know come over and don't bring beer. So,
0: so Chargers. Yeah, give me the Chargers. Speaking of people that uh, we we are pissed off at. The saints are visiting the Eagles and the Eagles are plus seven at home. The over-under is 44. Ian, I'm not going to Tom's here. We've seen a change at quarterback before we get to the pick. Let's talk about this. Do you agree? And what do you see next for Mr. Wentz?
1: It It should have happened a month ago. And look, like, I'm sorry. If, if, if Jalen Hurts was a Jared Stidham-level dart throw, then chances are you're not rushing to him. But you used how he used the second-round pick on Jalen Hurts. If your quarterback, the guy that you still owe, what, $60 million guaranteed to over two more seasons, if that guy is the worst quarterback in the NFL, and Carson Wentz is quite literally the worst quarterback in the NFL right now, you have to see what the second rounder has. You just have to. And Doug Peterson says it's a spark. The spark is gone. Like it doesn't matter. The, whatever match metaphor you want to use, I, I'm not sure it matters. But look, I mean, at least Jalen gives you the dual dimension. And a lot of times that can spark an offense. You know what? You know what's a good way to spark your offense? Give your best offensive player the freaking ball. Miles Sanders getting like nine touches a game. I'm sorry, just that's it's not going to work that way. Yes, it was the right decision. And look, if this doesn't work, it can be one of two things. Either Jalen Hurts isn't an NFL quarterback, which could entirely be true. Or Doug Peterson has no idea what he's doing and has got to go.
0: Connor, are you siding with Ian that it's right to trust a college backup quarterback to be your starting football? quarterback i think
1: that's unfair that's
0: he was a, mean, he was a backup
1: he
3: was technically what? a backup and he was also a heisman candidate so it depends on what year you're talking about <laughs> Thank you, yeah! like thank you college football expert look it he shouldn't have been taken as high as he was but once you take someone that high you have to see what they are like it, it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you thought someone else was going to take him i don't care i don't care why they did it they did it. They saw something in him and good for Jalen. He's a good fucking dude. Like he's a good guy. I want to root for good guys. So just me as like a couch fan, I want this guy to succeed. Like watching him play at Oklahoma was fun. Watching him cheer on Tua, even though for some reason, freaking Saban saw something in that left-handed doofus was fun. Like, I want to. I want to root for this guy. I want to watch him play. Like they're doing the right thing by seeing what they have in one of their top round picks.
0: Like to to be fair, everyone looks fun at Oklahoma, but to your point, yeah, he looks was fun he, the he, big
1: twelve. Like, yeah, I know, but he was he, was he was
0: good. He was good. Yeah, I I, I like don't
1: your, know, man. They keep churn- the, big, the Oklahoma keeps churning them out. They keep churning them out. So the, fun the, or fun or not, they keep churning them out. The biggest knock on Lamb was no one thought he ever played a real
3: defense, and look how he's played this year. Like it's just he did. Maybe he's got it. I don't, we don't
0: know.
1: Marquise don't know. Brown's
0: another one. He, he could have it. I thought Herbert was going to crash and burn, and look what he's done. So, Tomes, have you given up on Mr. Wentz? No. Are you ready for this move? And are you going to be happy when Carson Wentz is playing for the New England Patriots next
2: year?
1: <laughs> uh-uh. Indianapolis Colts.
2: Indianapolis Colts. That's what I was going to say. I'm <laughs> Um, do I, do I, okay. Uh, a couple things there. One, yeah, I think
0: do do whatever you want, man. This, yeah, this, is, I, your I team, think, this is
2: your team. No, no, I just, I think, I think it it was due more than a couple weeks ago. I mean, he was given 13 weeks. And again, we can talk about all the injuries that this team has suffered. That's, that's here or there, whichever way you want to look at it, what side of the fence you sit on. But again, it goes back to who is sitting down with him. Who is in that quarterback meeting with him who is calling and drawing up plays with him and it's Doug Peterson right so I think this move has a, a lot of actions to it I think I mean if it works out it certainly buys Doug some more time there in Philly and, and kind of maybe turns down the burner a little bit um if it also works out it kind of makes Howie look a little bit like oh hey I always forecasted this coming. It's, it's tough. I mean, like three years ago to the day today, Carson Wentz tore his ACL, his LCL on a rush up the middle, trying to score a touchdown against the Rams in a season where he was most likely going to be the MVP. That was three years ago. Yes, the Eagles won a Super Bowl in that time, but he has never looked the same since. And he also had the neck injury or the vertebrae back injury. And it's been kind of one thing after another, after another. And I think the biggest thing for me this year is his inability to get rid of the football. His, 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 his demeanor in and on and off the field and his lack of power of getting the ball down the field as well, too.
1: Okay. Hang when, on, when we hang saw on.
2: Hertz come in, I mean, when we saw Hertz come in right away, you saw him target certain things. Zacker's. Number one, there's no question that that Carson Wentz is a Dallas Goddard fan, especially this season and, and in the last. But we see him targeting Greg Ward, and on that touchdown as well, he's trying different things. And I think another guy that's going to benefit the most from this is Miles Sanders. I really do. Well, someone's got to get it, him Alshon, in the Jeff.
1: damn game.
2: Well, maybe we're going to see it with the RPOs now, right? You're you're definitely going to see with Jalen Hurts, a guy who's not going to throw the ball away, don't get me wrong, but he is a guy that's going to escape out of the pocket and whether he runs back and gets it to at least the line of scrimmage or beyond, but he is not going to be taking sacks.
1: So the one thing I will say on the sack front, I have been on the record, I think Carson Wentz has been balls all year. This is not me defending Carson Wentz. There is such thing as coverage sacks. And when you have... Travis Fulgham, um Alshon Jeffrey—that they're wheeling out there on a gurney. Greg Ward, you know, and then you have the two tight ends, like, and you have Jalen Rager, whatever he's supposed to be. Route Rager. I'm sorry, like that—that's just not good enough, you know. And, and we look at, you know, we're, we're all talking about Josh Allen this week because he went off on Monday night, and you know he's having a great season, obviously, but the Bills stuck by him, developed him. He and him gave players. him the targets yep. and the weapons that he could develop with ones that fit his skill set. a good so point. So this is, you know, it, we see this all over the place. And by the way, it's exactly what the Chargers already have started with Herbert. There's a reason Herbert's jumping off the page, and it's not just because he has whatever it is. You know, there's a reason that Kyler looks like a different player this year. That's what someone like DeAndre Hopkins does, and the Eagles have been willing to let Carson Wentz die back there to take flyers on the Davion Taylors and Jalen Hurts' of the world in the middle rounds instead of developing the weapons around him. And I'm sorry, this is the product you get. We can talk about the MVP, the near-MVP season from three years ago. That supporting cast of players that he was throwing to was much different. Alshon, at least, was a number one at that point. So this to- has to go on the blame of – it's all three of them to blame, guys. Absolutely.
0: So I have two more questions, one for Connor and one for Tomes, and then we're going to get to our picks. Connor, everyone keeps talking about the dual threat that is Jalen Hurts. Just based on his college tape, is he actually a dual threat quarterback or is he a runner?
3: No, he's a dual threat guy. I mean, Ian kind of hit the nail on the head with Allen, right? Like I only watched him play one meaningful game and he did not look good against Oregon. But it's working in Buffalo because they've surrounded him with the right guys for his skill set. So, and even to expand on this question, right, just for whatever, if you guys don't mind me asking, Tomes, if Jalen doesn't work, I've got five quarterbacks here that if they're given the right guidance, they're put in the right spot, I really think could succeed at the next level. Are you guys drafting a quarterback this year? Or are you guys trying to fix wins?
2: No, I don't, I, I don't think you can afford to draft another quarterback, especially if you're going to finish last in that division and potentially have a top five pick, right? Like a guy like like Jamar Chase gets very interesting in terms of who you want to take, right? Like, Oh, I agree. But I don't know. Then then the whole issue then again is this once all pro offensive line who has been very depleted this year, do you go back and start rebuilding that? Because the year they won the Super Bowl, they had a stellar offensive line and they had a stellar defensive line. This is amazing. This is amazing because you
0: actually just answered my question that I was going to ask before we move on. And Ian, you can have the last word here. Because clearly, in your heart, the starting quarterback of the 2021-2022 Philadelphia Eagles is Carson Wentz. Clearly, in your well, heart, I, that's what it is. To, to, to me,
2: what, what I think is... If Jalen is average... No, listen, I, I think regardless of what happens this week, because he is in tough this week against that Saints defense, I think, I think as long as he comes out of that game alive, he starts again next week and potentially finishes the season. I think what happens is coming into camp next year. If you don't trade Carson by the draft, then you've basically said, "Okay, we have, we have an open who who the spot is up for grabs coming into camp, and let's see who can take it." He's your quarterback. But if he your does, but here the problem with that is if if you if you go with that situation, which is fine, and Hertz wins the job, now you're paying a backup quarterback thirty five million dollars a year.
1: Okay, hang on a minute. There's a, there's a couple layers that we need to examine. And the first thing we need to just say out loud, come to grips with, because it's a wrap. Carson Wentz will not be a Philadelphia Eagle next year, period, end of discussion. Okay, tape this podcast, clip it, send it to Freezing Cold Takes. I don't care. It is, he is not going to be an Eagle in a year. I'm not convinced of that. So here, and here is the problem. If you decide that you are going to keep Carson Wentz, you have no choice. You have no choice but to hang on to this entire staff. If you decide that you're going to fire Doug, which by the way, they have to, they cannot stick with Wentz under no circumstances because Wentz is Peterson's guy and you can't, you can't put the new quarterback in that situation. And here's the other problem do you you just watched what this organization did to the number two pick that just showed a shitload of promise? You ruined him and sent him and and will probably send him away for pennies. So or do you trust that this group, which includes Howie, can draft another quarterback and get it right this time? I think the decision needs to be, if the decision from Lori is we cannot roll with Wentz any longer, you didn't win the Super Bowl with him, you can let him go away and you're going to see no backlash from the fans. It means everyone has to go with him because you can't bring in a new quarterback and expect that group to develop that player. That is malpractice if you do that.
0: Tom's final thoughts?
2: I think if you if you ask a lot of Philly fans right now, they are very one way or the other. Not that they if they support Jalen and it's very anti, anti, anti uh, Wentz. I think they a lot of them, me being one of those people who is, listen, yeah, there's a possibility you could still get up there in that division. But the reality is you are playing to finish last in this division. I see no issue in starting Hurts and looking to potentially move on from Wentz. And I think that's the sad truth of the matter. And I think that's what will happen here.
0: Speaking of moving on, let's move on to the pick. As I mentioned, the Saints are in Philadelphia. The Eagles are getting seven. The over-under is 44. Guys, doesn't look like Preeze is going to play. I really don't care. The Saints just covered on the road against a divisional rival who is a better team than this Eagles team, full stop. I am making a bold prediction. Maybe it's not even that bold. I think we actually see Carson Wentz in this game because I think Hertz is not the guy. I think Carson Wentz makes an appearance and finishes this game. Saints by a million. Hashtag put Jamison. Go ahead, Tomes.
2: The Eagles... Defense has a tough time containing Daniel Jones outside of the pocket and stopping him from running. What makes it think that that we can stop Taysom Hill? We can't. That team, that defense at least, they look like they're trying to get among Peterson fired, Doug Schwartz, or, or sorry, Doug Schwartz, Jim Schwartz fired. I, uh, I I don't see I don't see it happening this week. I'm taking the Saints as well.
0: This podcast just got really sad. Toms, cheer us uh, not Toms. Connor, cheer us up, buddy. Uh,
3: Shit, does that mean I have to take the Eagles? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, thank God! Yeah.
1: Oh. Hey, <laughs> okay, cool. we yolo last week and took Deshaun Watson when we uh. both knew we should, when we shouldn't have taken the Texans. And predictably, no, 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 we screwed should have them.
3: Fucking won that bet. That low yes, we snap absolutely
1: was dog shit. Have. Oh, that's we terrible. That, that, that
0: was that was terrible. That was worse than the Falcons' loss. That was like we in the bag.
1: Yes, a yeah, low snap screwed us okay go I, ahead make us happy
3: and
0: okay. i apologized connor i apologize <laughs> i'm taking
3: i'm taking the saints i'm sorry tomes <laughs> i'm sorry tomes they
2: don't have i
3: don't know what else to say oh okay here we go boom uh happy things right uh if you guys stick with Jalen, do you guys end up hiring riley Ooh. Huh?
0: You just fired his coach. Oh, sad. Now he's
2: sad. Huh? Oh, yeah. No,
0: guys, no. Remember, happy. Remember Memphis last
2: remember last podcast when I said go listen to Philly Sports Radio. Oh my god! And then I sent you the, the clip from one of the guys that I follow on Twitter. You should have heard some of the things coming out of Philly Sports Radio this week. Oh, I'll send you some clips later. Anywho, don't worry. I'm not sad. I'm not sad. It's Jalen
1: Lincoln Riley should make you very yep. happy. And and, and Riley, look, I do hope print the shirts do it yep Boom. and look like Taysom Hill Taysom Hill is going to go berserk this week you know with this offensive line I think I think Jalen I, I think Cam Jordan is going to be standing next to Jalen Hurts more frequently than Miles Sanders is so because Doug doesn't play Miles Sanders enough anyway I think with the amount of touches that Miles Sanders gets. We may see a scenario where Cam Jordan is standing next to Jalen Hurts for more of those times. And look, last thing, it's Saints, obviously. How bad do we feel for Darius Slay now? Because that trade's been a disaster, particularly recently. But this guy went Metcalf, who threw up a buck 77 on his face. Then he went Devontae Adams, who threw two touchdowns at him. And now it's Mike Thomas. Can someone get this guy some therapy, please?
0: Saints Saints all around that should make you happy tomes the Eagles covered you should be happy now speaking of things that make us uh things that make us happy this next matchup makes me happier than tomes watching Carson wentz clap for Jalen Hurts' success on the sidelines because I knew tomes loved it he loves seeing his starting quarterback support the backup the Steelers are in Buffalo facing the bills the line is minus two and a half the over under is 46. Connor, let's flip to you here, pal. Who do you have? Do you have the Steelers or do you have the Bills?
3: Does does every skill position player on the Steelers like live on Twitter? The big like every guys. I swear to God, anytime any one of them sneezes, they tweet about it. And that's fine. Hey, that's fine. I'm not it's trying to Twitter shame any of them. We build your man. brand. Build your build your brand. That's awesome. That's great. The point I'm getting at is there's no way that these guys like seeing for a whole week on Twitter that they suck. You don't want to hear for an entire week after blowing an undefeated season that you suck online. You especially don't want to hear it when Browns fans are the people online telling you that you suck because they just had the biggest win of the last yeah. decade for them. if not more. I think they're going to come out. And I think they're going to run it up against a Bills defense that hasn't looked great. I think this has – I'm taking the over because I don't think the Bills offense is necessarily going to – you know, I don't think they'll out and out struggle because I think Allen's going to be able to move left and right enough to keep that pass rush
0: honest. Well, and Bud Dupree's Um, gone, which is massive.
3: Yeah, I mean, Watt played insane last game still even without Dupree. Like, I I still – I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Steelers because no one likes getting cyberbullied. That's why. So. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I appreciate that. That's a wholesome pick. Talk about being cyberbullied. Those pesky bills sure did a lot of cyberbullying last week. And, you know, I, I think the bills were one of those teams that, you know, they're they're like a very rich man's twenty twenty browns, right? Where, You know, they they struggle one week and then they start and then they they smash somebody right in the mouth. And then you want to take them. You really want to take them. And then the next week, you're just not sure what you're going to get. And look like, yeah, the Steelers defense is down some key guys between Devin Bush and Bud Dupree. You know, but. It, this this one's really hard. I mean, I think what what we've done is the, the Steelers haven't shown great in two weeks, and all of a sudden we're taking them away from being a Super Bowl favorite to a team that we no longer trust on the road in Buffalo. I mean, you know, is there, an, is there a chance that we're overcorrecting? Like, the Bills are favored in this game. And I think if, the, the, if you are going to take the Bills, you're betting that the offense continues, you're betting that Allen can move the ball with his legs, and that the two dimensions – of their offense works and what you're betting against is the fact that Ben has no running game and his play has been steadily regressing over the past four weeks that continues but I think James Connor is back that will help them and you know look I I would love the Bills to win this one because I just think they're fun I love watching Josh Allen play I love watching Stephon Diggs but I, I just think Pittsburgh bounces back here Mike Thomas too good of a coach not to have them ready I didn't
0: get this line either and I think it, I thought of it at the moment. I was like, okay, maybe this speaks to Bud Dupree and just what a great player that he is. Because honestly, one of the most fun players to watch in the NFL. One, like I made an apology to, Desha- to Deshaun Watson on the last podcast, retracted my statement from last week's podcast because I love watching him and cheering for him. But Dupree is in that same vein. This he's very line, violent.
1: He's like when he's past rushing. He's very to- violent.
0: To everyone who knows that this is a podcast and can't see, Ian just flailed his arms in the air like, like, a, like a psychopath. But this line shouldn't be two and a half. It should not be. Maybe one, but probably, like, probably Steelers. I know that they were talked about as one of the most overrated, undefeated teams to a certain point in, the NFL, in NFL history. But still, you guys have really took all the topics that I can say. I just don't get this line. Like it has every making of the Steelers being favored. They got killed and embarrassed last week on national television. Yes, they're on a short week, but there's no fans in Buffalo. And the gambling public loves the Steelers. This is like the Maple Leafs. People gamble on them because they have the most fans. You don't see lines like this, which has me scared. I don't care. Rally for Bud. I'm taking the Steelers and the over is a century lock. Tom's your your last year, buddy.
2: Yeah, won't won't really add anything else there. I mean, Buffalo looks like they've been playing better, and again, that's easy to say after the uh, the Steelers lost to the team with no name. Um, I mean, let's let's make it four to roll. Let's lock that up. I'll take the Steelers as well in. here.
0: Lock it in. Last game of the week, we have the Ravens visiting the Browns, who come off one of their most oppressive three quarters. In 30 years, the Browns are getting a point at home. The over-under is 47. Tomes, jump in here, buddy. Who
2: do you got? I've gone back and forth on this like like three or four times. Because for starters, like I don't know what Lamar Jackson is going to show up. And then I don't know which Baltimore defense is going to show up. And like I hate Baker Mayfield. I hate him, but like. Speaking of you know,
0: Oklahoma quarterbacks,
2: <laughs> you too. Good. I just, you know what it is. I don't hate his. I don't hate his play. I don't hate his. I hate his just his demeanor and that prancing and shit coming up the oh, field. You hate fun. You hate and fun. mostly because he had to do it against us. That's mostly why I hate it. Tom's hates
0: Holmes hates swagger and fun. No, that's, why that's he, not that's why true. he loves Carson Wentz. Not
2: sure. <laughs>
3: Loves mayonnaise,
2: can't get enough of it. Oh man, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, I'm I'm concerned mostly because I I don't know what Ravens defense is going to come to this game, and and the Browns look like 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 they're rolling and they're putting some things together and 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 they're 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 putting in some plays and guys are getting open for Baker, and he's getting the ball out and he's getting it into the right hands. I'm I'm gonna take the Browns in this game. I am.
0: Ian, in the last 25 meetings between Cleveland and Baltimore, how many games has Baltimore won? Do you know?
1: My guess is that they've won a lot of them.
0: They have. Would you like to wager a guess at a number?
1: How many games?
0: Out of 25.
1: 23.
0: 21 of 25, regardless of where they are playing, are you going to take Lamar Jackson, an inconsistent quarterback in his own right, or are you going to take Baker Mayfield? an inconsistent quarterback in his own right.
1: The one thing I will say, we talked about coach of the year candidates and we left out a really big one and that's Kevin Stefanski. The job that he's done with Baker Mayfield is incredible. You know, you watch Baker in his rookie season. He was confident. He was stepping into throws. He was putting them in tight windows. He was doing things that, what you, you know, doing the things you expect from a number one pick. Under Freddie Kitchens, he regressed a great deal and we all started to doubt. It's been up and down this season, but the last four, five, six weeks, it's been a whole lot more up than down. It seems like they've sort of they found something. Now, with that said, you know my my gut is really having me lean Ravens here, but I did make a rule that I'm not going to bet on the Ravens anymore because they do this to us. They do this to us, and they do this to us, and they do this to us. And I don't know. Uh, I think we see here's my problem when I'm, cause I want to pick the Browns. You could tell I'm really struggling. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are seriously good. And Marlon Humphrey lately has been unbelievable. And I, I just don't know. Who, I don't know how he's, how Baker, I love his improvement. I don't know how Baker's going to get the ball to his wide receivers. So I am going to go Ravens here. I don't feel good about it, but I am. I hope it goes the other way. I hope to God I'm wrong. I hope Baker lights them up because I love Baker. Light them up, Baker. Light them up, let me lose, but you got the Ravens.
0: Yes. <laughs> Jimmy Smith has also been very good. Kind of turning the clock back a little bit. Connor, who do you got? Tom's. why do you hate fun?
2: No, I don't hate fun. So it sounds like you hate fun. No, I don't like hate fun because all the guys that have fun have to do it against us. Not all of them. Most every, of them, you know, especially this year. Not everyone plays the Eagles, you know? Yeah, there's, but like There's I, other sports. Like, the, you know, you know AFC, Ronaldo doesn't play against you guys. I fun. knew the season going to be tough when we had to play the AFC North. But, I want the Browns.
1: I'm so I'm – so bad. I am say your schedule has absolutely no, – Your schedule has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with the fact <laughs> that you The Eagles' two
2: running.
3: closest games this year were against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, tough NFC East. Ah, shit.
1: you still lost. I know. Trust me. Like listening to Pac-12 people
3: talk about how they cannibalize each other. It's because they're all they're all B minus teams. Did
0: I hear you say you have Uh, the Browns, Connor? Oh yeah, I'm so back on Baker. It's
3: unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I'm driving the bus. Anyone who wants in, it's a huge bus. Everyone left.
1: God damn it. I'm in. I want the Browns. Everyone left. Let's go. I'm back that. on. I got
3: I am... one more guy back on this bus. I've been driving. I stayed driving. I slowed down a little, you know, we hit some rough waters. I didn't want a hydro plane, you know, but we, I slowed down a bit. Everyone got off. That's fine. I get it. I'm, I'm on, I'm on. I'm fully on this bit. Ba- Browns. Give me the Browns. I'm back. I'm, Baker's I'm back.
0: I'm so happy. I'm so happy. This is a lock. This is the Ravens. Yeah for the Browns. No, the Ravens are are absolutely winning this game. I know the Patriots are playing right now. So we don't know the outcome. I'm pretty sure the Rams are winning 17-nothing or something like that. But so if but if the Patriots won that game, the Ravens would need this game. They still need it. The, they need to catch the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a really tough stretch coming up. I told you guys, this has been a really bad year for the Ravens. They have lost me a small fortune this year. I still believe. Ravens and what is a pick'em game in Cleveland? Ravens. Lock the Ravens. Well, we did it. We got through the Wentz drama. We talked a little hockey. We got through all of our picks. Tomes, Murph, thank you both again so much for coming on. Ian, please sign us off the podcast.
1: Good luck with your picks this weekend. Guys, happy holidays. Thank you for coming on. And as always, stay safe out there. Wear your mask.